Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Daniel Luria, Teret Konim, Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh, Parashat Vayeshev. In a few days' time, we're going to be lighting the first Hanukkah candle. We'll speak about Hanukkah late, uh, shortly. But first of all, Vayeshev. It's the, it's the first Golos. It's the going down to Egypt. And from here, we learn, obviously, a lot about what it means to have the redemption. Maybe we need to go down first before we come up. Um, we obviously learn about the Mashiach ben Yosef, Yosef who's very much involved in succeeding in the physical world. He knew how to handle the uh, the prison, he knew how to handle Potiphar. Whatever he touched, he knew that it came from Hashem, he was successful. He, he relates to the terminology of materialism, of building of a nation, and that's why people talk about the Mashiach ben Yosef as a period before actually the Mashiach ben David, which is an individual person. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, second thing, where was Reuven? Did you ever think about where he was? I mean, here he is telling him, no, no, don't kill him. Let's just save him, put him into a pit. And we'll compare him to Yudah in a second. But And then he suddenly disappears. Where does he go? So according to the Midrash, you know, he goes, he's, he's trying to mourn the past. He did something wrong with his father and, and then his wives and interfering, etc. But instead of focusing on the now, something now that needed to be done, he mourns the past. We have to keep everything in perspective and know what needs to be handled if there are issues in front of us at the time. Yosef, of course, is uh, Yosef Hatzadik, the one that's buried in Israel because he was always identified with uh, recognizing God. He was recognized as a Jew and someone from Canaan and from this family. He ultimately gets buried in Israel, as we know. Uh, he was also very selfless. I mean, you know, he should be thinking about other people, uh, himself, and yet he's only thinking about other people, whether it be in Potiphar's house, whether it be in jail, worrying about the baker and the, the wine butler. Uh, he sees that everything comes from Hashem. He, he doesn't take anything on himself. My success is from Hashem, which is actually very interesting. If he was so sure that success came from Hashem, and he wasn't like all of us that, yes, no, do we know, where is Hashem? He knew 100%. Everything he was doing, he, 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 he took it on as Hashem is the one that's making this happen. And therefore, when he went to the extent of doing something, of telling the uh, wine butler to remember him, you know, in the future, it was like um, he was doing something. He said he didn't have enough emunah Hashem. Now, most of us would have to do something. It's called not somchim alanes. Don't rely on a miracle. Do something. But for Yosef, who saw Hashem's hand in every single little aspect that he was doing, who's he then to say, "Oh, I'm not sure about Hashem's going to help me. I better try and do things myself." So from his point of view, it was actually wrong. It was a lack of emunah, and therefore he stayed for an extra few years in jail, as we know. There's a very, very interesting interplay, I think, in a story that needs to be assessed between Yehuda and Reuven. Who is the greater person? Who's the one that saves Yosef? Who's more praiseworthy? I mean, uh, let's face it, in the middle of this whole story, two of Yehuda's children die. That's not what you'd call a reward for something that he did in relation to, uh, to Yosef. In fact, I remember reading from somewhere, I think it was Rabbi Haber in one of his, in his Sefer about the parashiot, he talks about the fact that Yehuda's big mistake was not speaking the absolute truth. He was more concerned about what his brothers would accept. His brothers are not going to accept just sending him back to, uh, to, to Yaakov. And therefore he said something that would be acceptable by the people, by the brothers. A true leader does what he knows is right and not necessarily, well, what's going to bring me the votes? Uh, and as a result of that, as we know, Yehuda ultimately got, uh, in some ways, there's a punishment by two of his children, Erev or Nun, uh, being, uh, being killed it's, uh, and, and dying. It's a, uh, it's, it's a really tragic story, the whole story between Yehuda and Reuven. And there's discussions in the Gemara and other places, you know, who is more praiseworthy. In fact, Reb Chaim of Voloshin speaks about that Reuven 
he definitely says that uh, Yehuda was uh, very problematic. Um, Ruven, he did something which is right. And what is he actually saying? Ruven is the one saying, throw him into the pit. But the pit's got scorpions and snakes. And yet, according to Rebchaim of Volozhin, it's better, it seems, to be in a... A, a pit in Eretz Yisrael with the scorpions and snakes, where life maybe isn't so great, obviously, compared to the palaces of uh, of Mitzrayim, of uh, in being in Chutzlaretz. Something to be said about that when we've got our uh, huge palaces overseas and maybe don't have such a big house here in Eretz Yisrael, maybe life's a little bit tougher. But according to Reb Chaim Velozhin, it's better to be in that pit with snakes and no water in Eretz, as long as it's in Eretz Israel, rather than, of course, what Yehuda tried to do and sell him off to the uh, Egyptians or sell him off to Mitzrayim, as we, uh, as we know. So that's the interesting story about uh, Yehuda and Reuven. Uh, of course, it's, um, it's Hanukkah time, and it's very important to maybe just say one or two words about Hanukkah. First of all, wish all of you a Hanukkah Sameach. Watch those Suvganiyot. Don't have too many. We know what it, uh, what it can do. Uh, but the Battle of Hanukkah, it's only now that I've actually started to do a lot more reading from a historical perspective. And did many of you even realize that the victory, it, it wasn't such a, a six-day war victory or the War of Independence. I mean, even after they found the flask, and by the way, finding the flask, which was clearly a miracle from Hashem that it lasted an additional seven days, altogether eight days, and we can explain that in many different ways, that's for sure a miracle from Hashem. Uh, but the reason that needed to be was because then people saw, oh, if Hashem is with us with the oil, then clearly Hashem is also going to be with us. And he has been with us with the victories. That was also from Hashem. Not just the oil, but it's also the, those victories where we think man is behind everything and we are responsible. No, we actually have uh, that even the wars is Yad Hashem and not uh, you know, my own strength managed to, uh, to do everything. That's the first thing. But, uh, yeah, it's very interesting that even after these wars, it wasn't like, oh, they sit back and there's, uh, you know, big su'udot and a mishter and, and davening. It wasn't quite like that. You know, soon afterwards, Yehuda is killed and we've got the other brothers and it's much later, many years later, uh, that one of the other brothers becomes the king of the Jews and even that was a problem. Altogether, the, even though we did defeat in some wars certain number of uh, Greek battalions, we didn't have full sovereignty over everything. The wars kept on going. In fact, there's only really 70 to 100 years of Maccabee rulership. Uh, and even that wasn't, uh, I don't know, so complete. We're still fighting amongst the Jews and fighting. Uh, the Roman Empire turns up because they take over from the Greek Empire. So it's a very, very short period that we're celebrating. But I think we're actually celebrating the fact that uh, Hashem is with us both in, a, in an everyday sense and even in a more miraculous sense in relation to the oil. It was definitely very special, but we have to understand what it is from a historical perspective. So that's the Parashat Vayeshev. That's a little bit about Hanukkah. I wish everyone well. We're going to be having uh, some beautiful candle lighting at the Kotel Akatan. For those of you who may be in Israel, if you know others being in Israel, please join us for our tours next week during Hanukkah. We're doing it in the afternoon so that we can finish off at the Kotel Akatan. There's a lot to do. And by the way, before I forget, it's getting close to the end of December. So for those of you that would like to... Uh, have uh, tax-deductible uh, donations, now is definitely the time before the end of the non-Jewish year. I wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom umevorach. I wish everyone a Chag Urim Sameach, Chag Chanukah Sameach. May we all bring light to the Jewish people in our own way that we can. 
and that is Daniel Luria from Ateret Kohanim. In some ways, maybe we are the Maccabees of this generation trying to fight, fight for Yerushalayim. And just like the Maccabim said, Mila Hashem Elai, who he was for Hashem, step up to the plate. Ateret Kohanim says, Mi Yerushalayim Eleinu. He who is for Yerushalayim, standing in Jewish hands, step forward to the plate for us. Shabbat Shalom.